You're listening to New Jersey Ride, a podcast of conversations that cover a diverse array of topics to help CSPs understand the LGC client, the LCAD system, and the New Jersey Ride call type. Now here's your host, Chat PF Heather Clark. Hi, Brandon. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Heather. How are you today? Oh my gosh, I'm doing so great. What a great day so far. Uh, Tons of excellent news. Can't wait to share that in the future. Um, Everybody, I want to welcome back Brandon to the podcast. He is now officially a repeat offender. Say hey, Brandon. Hey, everyone. Um, So today, big, 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 so big such a big topic. Brandon and I are going to tackle CPC. Recently, um, you may have received a a notification from Jackie about our, uh, what do do we call them? Um, when, When the call is brought up for us to review, Brandon, what's that word? Client escalation. That's the word. Um, You may have seen an email that came out from Jackie about some client uh, escalations. And the biggest offender was the CPC call type. Uh, uh. All right. So today, Brandon and I have joined up. We're teaming up. We are partnering together to tackle these these call types, man, that our CSPs are just struggling with. Um, together, we're going to use a call type checklist, and we're going to use the ever popular, always steady, right there, ready for us, the one note document that's got all the information listed for us. You got your resources open? I have them open. Okay. So the first thing I want to let our listeners know is that at the very top of the OneNote, there is a changes made within the guide. And you will see that on October 8th, the CPC tab section has been updated with important reminders that the call flow has been updated, cheat sheets have been added, and resources for our CSPs has been updated and added as well. So if you will with me, open up your CPC tab. And I got some questions for you. You ready to go? I'm ready to go. What is a CPC, Brandon? A CPC stands for the Closest Provider Certificate. So the Medicaid Managed Care Program A member is only permitted to travel 20 miles to see a doctor, a specialist, um, and it's 30 miles for substance abuse. So if they fall outside of those guidelines, then it has to be submitted over to Medicaid for authorization to determine whether or not there is another provider offering those same services within the allowable mileage. Do you know why Medicaid made this decision? Medicaid made this decision due to the abundance of doctors in the area, and they determined that there is generally a doctor servicing those types of needs within that specified mileage to each member. Okay. 
So, so Medicaid thinks that within a community or within a neighborhood, all of their members should be able to find services close by within a 20 mile radius. Now with the CPC, kind of like kind of throws a wrench in those Medicaid plans, right? So a member may want to, or may have a need to see someone outside the 20 miles. What are some things that the agent should look for to see if this member is eligible or approved or whichever word you'd like to use to break the 20 mile rule? Right. So the first thing we're going to look at is going to be their treatment type so that we can determine if that treatment type is going to be on our exceptions list. So we're going to take a look at our exceptions list, whether it's by procedure, the location of the facility, to see if they fall within the exceptions that Medicaid just automatically allows. And then from there, we would go in and check the CPC notes in the rider file to see if there's already an approved exception. Okay, so I'm in the OneNote, and I see that in CPC there is a se section that says CPC exceptions list, and I do see that we've got things called procedures, so going to a detox center. Um, I see that, as you had mentioned earlier, substance abuse has already been bumped up to 30 miles. Um, discharges, I guess that's discharges from a hospital or from the detox center that we took them to to begin with, um, surgery, post-surgical care, and then of course the Medicaid fair hearings and social security office for Medicaid purposes only. Um, I do see that dialysis and chemo have some, some extra little tippy tippies and we can cover that in the future. There are locations I guess these locations are for all of our adults because I do see that scrolling down the page that we have exemptions for our children that are members going to specialized um, locations that are specific for pediatric care. Am I correct? correct. Okay. Now, um, when it comes to the rider note, I'm going to click on the CPC workflow. And I want to look at the rider tab. What specifically should the agent be looking for in the rider tab? Right. So in the rider tab, the easiest way to find the CPCs is down in the bottom right corner is a search box. And in that search box, you can type in CPC to pull up all of the notations that include CPC. What, when did you find the search box, Brandon? I am not going to lie. It was probably about a month ago, and I've been on this program for about a year. <laughs> I have been scrolling this entire time. I love the search box, and I won't lie either. I won't lie either. I will say that I probably found the search box back in March with Wave 3. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you mean I can type in what I want to find and it finds it for me? What? So, yes, guys, listen, get into your LCADs or jump into OneNote with us. 
open up the CPC resources in LCAD and scroll down. And you'll see that um, QAPF Alicia has pulled out for us and highlighted where the search notes box is in the lower right-hand corner. And she even shows us when she types in CPC that any note that says CPC in it will be highlighted in gray. And you will be able to find those CPC notes much quicker. When we're in here, Brandon, and we're looking for CPC notes and we're booking a reservation for someone, what type of note are we looking for specifically? Right, so the, the note type, we're either going to see two kinds. So we can see the closest facility verification or will also show up under restriction. Hmm. Okay, so what is what does the verification one mean? Right, that is the process of when they're actually going through the verification. Okay, and then do for restriction, I guess that means Medicaid just didn't approve it. Well, the restriction, I've also seen that note type when it has been approved. So I, I can't say that it's only for non-approvals. Okay. Um, can an agent find a CPC note from LGC stating that the location's been approved in the rider notes? Absolutely. Okay. So if they see by searching through their notes that the location is approved, what should they do? They should proceed with scheduling the reservation just like they would if it was within the 20 mile limits. It has already been approved. Okay, so that, that member can travel outside the 20 miles to this uh, facility or doctor's office and have transportation, no questions asked. Absolutely. Okay, so here we go. We've, now let's just say, we've noticed that this facility is not on the exceptions list. We've realized that there's no CPC notes in the writer tab. What do we do? All right. So at this point, we're going to need to start the process of submitting the trip for authorization. So this is when we're going to go to our TP bucket, put the asterisk, alt up, and select CPC pending. And then becomes the most important step is going to be the CPC notes in the trip notes. All right, so I'm jumping down. I'm looking for trip notes. All right, so I'm on my CPC workflow in the OneNote, and I'm at add a trip note. So what do we have to do that's so specific here? Right, so in the trip note, we need to notate that we have verbally denied the reservation, right? And so there's a difference between verbally denying and physically denying. So if we actually go in and do Alt-Y and deny the trip, then the CPC is never going to be submitted. So we only tell the member that it's verbally denied. So in our notation, we'll put that the trip has been verbally denied and the reason why. So it exceeded 20 miles, it exceeded 30 miles. We're gonna put our treatment type that the member is requesting. And this is very important because in our actual reservation in LCAD, where we enter the treatment type, we may find that the specific treatment type that they're going for, for example, 
cardiologists or gastroenterologists may not be specifically listed. And so we would put specialist or doctor's office into the actual reservation. But in LCAD, we have a, a large amount of reservations being denied or CPCs being denied due to not being specific. So in your trip notes for your CPC, you have to put the actual treatment type. So even though it says specialist in LCAD, in your trip note, it will need to say, you know, gastroenterologist, cardiologist, or whatever the treatment type is. We need to put the name of the doctor or the name of the facility, the phone number, the address, and then the number of miles. So, and that's going to be miles one way. Okay. All right. So I got a couple of questions. The information that we put into the note box here, is this important to our member? I mean, what are the, um, the ramifications or the effects or what's the with them to the member, right? How does our putting in the right information affect our member? Right, so if we do not put in the correct information, one, we could be requesting a CPC to the wrong location. And so when they're trying to go to the facility or the doctor they need to, it would still need to be approved because we submitted one for the wrong location. Or if we don't put in, for example, as I talked about, the specific treatment type, it is going to automatically be denied. And this member is not going to have their, their request submitted over to Medicaid for approval. And so we're, we're basically denying that request before Medicaid ever gets the ability to review it, to approve it or deny it. All right. So for us, so let's go back to our emails today. What is our biggest, would you say it's the notes? What is our biggest escalation for CPC? For CPC, our biggest escalation is the notes themselves on the trip notes for the CPC. Okay. And it, it looks to me like it's a pretty simple template, right? I told the member they couldn't go. Um, the member wants to go see the cardiologist. Uh, the name of the facility is the heart house, the address, what the specific doctor's name is, the phone number to the office, and then how many miles I noticed, I saw the miles, how many miles it is. I mean, that's a pretty simple temple, template. Right. It is a very simple template. And we have the template available in CrowdHub. And also on the chat side, if you ever find that you can't get to the template, if you ask in chat, we have a post that we can put in the chat room for you that tells you everything that you need in the template. So they have resources already available to them for this call type? Yes. Elk had the OneNote in chat. Okay. All right. So we type the note, we press okay. We, we control save, right? Cause we know when we're in trip notes, we add a note, we have to okay the note. We have to save the note. All right. We've got it in the TP bucket. What's the next thing that happens? What do we So do? our next step is we're going to go ahead and save the trip. This is where we talked about earlier. We don't physically deny the trip. We're just going to verbally deny it. So we're going to save the reservation and let the member know that 
Again, the reservation has been denied due to exceeding the mileage. We're going to submit it over for authorization that the process will take anywhere between 10 to 12 days to get a response. Once there is a reply back from Medicaid, the exceptions team does place a call to the member to try to give them the determination, and they will also receive a notice in the mail. And so whether it's an approval or denial, they'll still get that letter. If it is a denial, then that denial letter will include all of the steps that the member should follow in case they want to file an appeal. All right, so let's let's talk about something. Is the member getting this reservation? Is transportation going to be provided when we create a CPC? There is no transportation provided at that point. Okay, so the member, let's say the member is calling, what's today? Tuesday, it's after what? 2 p.m. So we're booking a reservation for Friday because Thursday is a holiday. They're not getting transportation from LGC to go to that appointment on Friday. That's correct. Okay. Could we offer any resources to this member so they can keep that appointment? The only thing we could really offer at this point because it's over the mileage is to ask Mm, them if they could reschedule Um, because it's a CPC all of the other policies are still going to stay in place. So they're not eligible for gas reimbursement. They're not eligible for mass transit. So that mileage limit still applies. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So have the member call their doctor's office, reschedule the appointment. What, two weeks About out? two weeks out, yeah, yes. Okay. And then by then they'll know if their facility or doctor's office has been approved for this trip. All right. So have you taken a look at the CPC call type checklist? Yes, I have. All right. So how do you feel about the step-by-step flow for our agents to remember to follow the format, the flow of the call from start to finish? I think that it looks great. Um, This gives them, you know, all of the steps throughout the entire reservation from opening the call to closing the call and what they need to do in between in order to process the CPC. You think this would be helpful for them to like print out? Absolutely. I believe it would be. Okay. I mean, I can remember when I was a full-time agent, um, my very first time on calls, Brandon, I mean, I'm a smart girl. I'm, I'm like sharp as a tack. My very first call, I forgot how to take a payment. And the whole reason for the call <laughs> was to take payments, Brandon. And I went completely blank, like numb, like, like all of the neuron connectors in my brain just completely quit working. And I was like, Heather, and I was a Colby back then. I was like, Heather, Colby, this is not who you are. You are better than this. Your brain was made to work. What can you do to make your brain, you know, pick up some slack it, right? And I started creating checklists. So I was like, you open the call, you know, and for, so we're going to use this checklist, right? You check the level of service, the treatment type, the pickup, the DIRs. And I found that when I was following my checklist for like the one-off call, because we're you're not going to take a CPC call 12 times a day, right? right? You're not going to 
log in and get 25 CPC calls. So if you don't have a little reminder, a little cheat sheet per se, right there at the ready, your brain might go numb. You might forget to use the template and put in the correct information. And I found for me that if I had that little cheat sheet, the little checklist, I was more apt to get a 10, a score a 10 on that call than if I didn't use it, I always missed something and I never got the 10 on my call. So hoping that this cheat sheet, this checklist is something that our visual CSPs can really attach themselves to so that um, we can reduce some of these or all of these. My goal is all of them, Brandon. Um, these escalations when it comes to CPCs. Now, so, but when we started and we were looking at the exceptions list, I saw that dialysis and chemo radiation had some red words behind them. So dialysis and chemo both say that a CPC is done for trips over the 20 miles that we are to give the member two weeks of courtesy trips until approval. So does this mean that any of the other treatment types do not get courtesy trips? There are only certain rare instances where we are able to actually provide a courtesy trip and I would recommend that you always reach out to chat just to verify but those are generally only okay. to brand new members that have never heard of the 20 mile or 30 mile policy oh yeah that's a that's that's a good one okay now so let's cover dialysis and chemo how are the CSPs supposed to give two weeks of courtesy trips to the dialysis and chemo members. What is the specific method that they need to follow? So in order to provide those two weeks of courtesy trips, and it's going to be two calendar weeks, we're not going to say, okay, you get one trip this week and count out for you know two weeks worth. It's two calendar weeks. And then what we do is we schedule all of the appointments that they have for chemo and dialysis during those two weeks. And then on that very last trip, the one that's the farthest out in that two-week period, that's going to be the trip that we actually put the CPC on. Okay. So we, we schedule the trips. The CPC verification team at LGC grabs that last one and begins the process for our member, Correct. right? Okay. And it's very important to remember to put it on the last one. Um, I'm not sure if any of the agents have noticed, but when they actually process a CPC, you can tell the date they actually started processing it because that's the date that that trip gets canceled. Uh, the LGC team comes in and cancels Correct. The trip. And then they submit it over to Medicaid. Wow. Yeah, that's super important that it's the last one and not the first one. Okay. So when you were a new agent, what were your biggest struggles with the CPC? 
offering gas mileage reimbursement to people that <laughs> wanted to travel over 20 miles. I was incorrectly telling them, yes, we will pay you 50 cents per mile for the first 20 miles. And then you're on your own over mm -hmm. that. I had a complete misunderstanding of that process. All right. So just, just so everybody hears us, if a, a, so I'm going to say it, a gas reimbursement driver is held to the same standards as any other driver would be. So any other driver would be a TP company or the, the bus driver, right? Yes. They're treated just like a transportation company. And then, so what are, anything else? Did you have a hard time understanding the, the process of CPC? The process of CPC, I relatively understood. Being from Georgia, I had a hard time comprehending that they were able to travel from New Jersey to New York to Pennsylvania because mm. where I live, you just don't do that. So it was just, it was a complete bafflement to me. Okay. Like why would somebody in South Jersey, where I'm from, need to go to a facility in Pennsylvania? Exactly. Yeah. Because that's where all the good hospitals are. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, just now to have a conversation to give you guys a little bit of insight to New Jersey. So New Jersey really is, is is essentially two states right if you take new jersey and you split it in half there's north jersey and there's south jersey north jersey is very urban um lots of facilities lots of communities lots of access to medical okay south jersey not so much south jersey everything is far away I mean, in my little community, my little Cumberland County, which is the largest county in the state of New Jersey, the, the closest trauma center is 50 miles away. We're the largest county in the whole state of New Jersey, but because we're so rural, we're a farm-fed type of community, there's nothing in our community to handle those types of big exceptions. Another one would be the closest cancer center is 42 miles away. So if there is someone, a woman or a man or a child who needs um, to get to the MD Anderson uh, Cancer Center, it's 42 miles away from my county. And my county is so big that even some people, it's 60 miles away. So, yeah, things are far away for us. Um, even though New Jersey is a little tiny state, it we have the advantage of being next door neighbors to Delaware, to Philly, as well as Manhattan and um, other parts of New York as well, like um, Long Island. So yeah, we we are we do have an advantage to seeing outside of our state. For me, um, the hardest thing to grasp. When I was in training to be an instructor for LGC was I couldn't grasp the concept that filling out a CPC was a note. That was really hard for my brain to grab the concept 
that all I had to do as an agent was go into the trip notes tab and put in a note. It, it was almost um, like a faith issue. Like, I don't, I don't have any control over this. <laughs> I don't know where this is going. I'm just adding a note to a trip. Is somebody really going to see this? Is somebody going to follow through? Where's the form? Where's the paper? Who can I email? Because I'm passionate about helping my members when I'm taking calls, right? So that was the hardest thing, trusting that putting in a note on a trip that I'm denying (laughs) was actually going to be, you know, somebody was going to see it and somebody would take care of it other than, other than me. You know, right. I, um, I personally, I personally feel that the process of the CPC is, um, if I can say it, it's pretty simple. As long as you're following the call flow or the cheat sheet or the checklist, or, you know, you know, where your resources are, you know, where the exceptions list is. It's all about knowing where to go and not just internally trying to remember how to do everything. Um, As an instructor, as a QA, I always tell my CSPs, don't be knowers. Stop trying to know everything, but instead know your resources. Know where the answers are. Know where to go. Use your checklist. Use your OneNote. Would you agree that with, that you just really want to feed that to your agents as well. Brandon? I absolutely agree. And you know, I just sent out a link to all of my agents for the entire CPC process in the OneNote. Um, you know, I'm not sure if they realize that we don't know everything, even in chat or on the QA side. We have to go back in and review the resources as well. Oh, yeah. Some days I'm like, Oh, it's been a while. Give me a second. <laughs> I'm not sure. I want it. And for me, it's not that. Um, yeah, sometimes it's been a while since I've heard that call type, or maybe I haven't heard a member ask that question before, but I never want to give an answer off cuff. Absolutely. Yes. You know, right. I'm using these resources just as much as we are asking all of the agents to use the resources. And I think that's important that they understand that we don't expect them to know everything, but instead we're encouraging them to use the resources that we've created for them to be successful on this call type. All right, so I have an idea. What if we challenge our agents the month of December to not have any CPC escalations. You think they can do it? I think with this group of agents, I definitely think they can. All right. So I'm putting myself out. I'm going to say, if we don't have any CPC exceptions in the whole month of December, I'm going to put every actively call taking agent into the randomizer 
and I'm going to pick a winner and I'm going to send them an Amazon gift card. What do you that think? That sounds Brandy? good. Is think it, they're up for the challenge? Am I eligible too since I take calls? Your name will be in there if you don't get the next, you don't get um, escalated, of course. All right. So I think they're up for the challenge too, Brandon. And I hope that they bite, that they take it. I think that we have every opportunity to be the best of the best. There is no reason why the, um, the agents here on our team can't be better than the agents that are in house. Absolutely. All right. Well, Brandon, I want to thank you so much for hanging out with me for a few minutes today to go over what the CPC is, where the agents can find the information, how readily available every QAPF is to answer questions and to encourage and to challenge all of our agents on the platform to have zero escalations next month. All right, Brandon. All right. Thank you very much for, for being a repeat offender. Absolutely. We'll talk to you. We'll All talk right. To Thank you, you Heather. Time. Bye, everyone. You're welcome. Bye, everybody.